וגם אני פתאום Welcome back to another episode of Kolo. This is your host, Rabbi Hill Kappenstein, director of the Columbus Community Kolo. And it's a great honor and privilege to welcome all of you back to our next episode featuring Rabbi Barron of Reyus. Reyus is an organization that deals with bullying, education, and helping schools discover the ways that they could best deal with this issue. We all know the Chazal, the teaching that our rabbis teach us that a person should rather be thrown into a fiery furnace than embarrass their friends in public. So I couldn't think of a more important episode in that, uh, knowing that Chazal, knowing that teaching, a more important episode than what we're going to discuss this evening. To sponsor a Kolot episode, email me at sponsorkolot at gmail.com. Again, that is sponsorkolot at gmail.com. This episode's sponsor is Restart. Restart is a career development platform which offers complimentary access to log in and work with live career advisors who will help find meaningful employment opportunities that match what you are looking for. To learn more, visit www.joinrestart.com. Once again, www.joinrestart.com and learn about your employment opportunities today. And without any further ado, allow me to tell you about our guest. Rabbi Barron is the co-founder and co-director of Reus. Rabbi Barron began his career as a beloved Rebbe at the Beth Tefillah Dahan Community School. In addition to developing Reus into a world-class organization with Rabbi Baldinger, he also was vice president of strategic growth at the Mount Washington Group, where he sourced and led initial negotiations for the largest acquisition in the company's history at that time, worth over $40 million. At this time, Rabbi Barron is devoting himself full-time to advancing Reyes. He received rabbinic ordination from the Yeshiva Gadola of Silver Spring. He, holds, he also holds both a master's degree in education and a joint degree in law and business from the George Washington University. Rabbi Barron is passionate about bringing out the value in all people, including ourselves. Rabbi Barron, thank you so much for joining Kolotz. Thank you so much for having me, Hill. So... Tell our listeners a little bit about Reyes. Um, some of us might be new to hearing about it. So give us a little bit of a uh, snapshot. What is the organization and how did it come about? So Reyes is an organization whose mission is to bring unity to um, the Jewish people and to um, all people all around the world. We do this by focusing on how to end bullying and how to bring out the genuine value of each and every child. We have two parts to raise to accomplish this. One is our sleepaway camp, Camp Chavirim. The other is our school anti-bullying program buildup. So you have Reyes as the overall um, organization with Camp Chavirim as one part and buildup as the other. Okay, so now let's go to... Um... Is it build up? You said is that the name? Yeah. So, what exactly is build up? You go into schools, and you, is there a course that you teach? What exactly is that? So, what we do is we build a 
anti-bullying system into the fabric of the school. We do this by working hand in hand with the staff, um, I'd say intensively for six weeks, but there's prep work that takes place a couple weeks prior to that. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about that preparation. So I think the, the, the first step to be able to explain to you about the preparation is to, I guess, understand the issue of bullying itself. So I'm just, I'm curious, Hill, what's your, what do you like? What's, what's your, like, what would you think is the definition of bullying? I don't know if I'm supposed to, you're supposed to ask me that or I'm supposed to. No, that's good. Okay. I, I like questions being asked the other way too. Um, what's your question? Like, what do I think? Bull- what What is bullying? Bullying is a person using um, their false sense of authority to put down someone else. So that is an, a a correct um, you know definition. But let me let me broaden that a little bit more. So let's say you have a kid that um, you know their kids are lining up to go back into their classroom from recess, and one kid just like you know I don't know he he cuts the line and he 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 doesn't really think about it. He rushes to the front and then you have four kids that just let him have it. You know, they're, they're just berating this person because they are not supposed to bud the line, but they're just, they're just, it's very public. It's a bunch of people. So that situation, I think opens the door to understanding a lot about bullying because in that case that the, the, there is still emotional harm, which is taking place for the child that but that 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 went ahead of the line even though obviously they shouldn't have done that but nevertheless this reaction is something which is causing so much harm and this is such a normal commonplace thing to take place so we can all understand if this happened there's many situations like that therefore you you need to have a pretty robust system to be able to address this because this is something which is going to happen a lot with the consequences being very significant. Okay, so you're so let's go back to the preparation. You want to uh, you know educate ahead of time what they should be looking for in terms of bullying to have a little bit of a better understanding. Like well, so okay, so what we what we do is we have to find um, a good partner, someone that has an understanding of this phenomenon, this uh, you know this idea of bullying taking place. And they have to be motivated to do something about it, which which many times happens. You'll have a school that says, I know that this is something that takes place, but I need, you know, everyone's who's supposed to be in charge of it. It gets so busy. How can, how can we do that? So with that being the, the, the first step, so what we do is we design a system together with them to be able to address that in a large scale. So the the preparatory step is to first – figure out okay who are, where are the pieces of this system going to be who's going to be the, you need a you need an internal leader of the system who's the one that's going to be in charge of everything so we figure that out then we say okay who are going to be the teachers um and social workers who are also going to be involved because it's not just one person that does it it's a team of people that does it um or that do it rather and you need people that really care about this and really believe in this um, and then the third step of the prep is um, identifying um, which kids we're going to be working with, which classes we're going to be working with, um, and and 
um, what our system is to get information about what's happening in school. Okay. Now, which kids are more susceptible to being bullied? So that's a, that's a great question. So it's a, I'd say it's not a straight answer. You know, it could depend. I'd say kids that are doing something which genuinely is hard for other kids to understand. Um, so if they're, or, or it causes them some level of discomfort. So that makes them a target because kids want that to stop and they don't necessarily know the right way to ask them to stop. Um, but there are times where there's really nothing wrong, not nothing wrong, nothing at all, uh, really about this kid that would make them a target of bullying, but it's more, there's something about the bully that mm -hmm. they're just, they just pick this person for, for whatever reason. Easy, easy target for them. Yeah. So who is more susceptible to be the bully? So that is a, we'll call that a, uh, there's, you have to go through a list. So one is mental health. You know, if there's, if there's someone that there's something very deeply troubling them that's going on in their life. Um, so a way that they can take that, they can, that can manifest itself is by taking it out on others. Mm -hmm. Um, another, another type of person that can do that is someone that's a little bit more self-centered, less, less empathy. They don't, it's, it's hard for them to understand that when they do something, it, it hurts someone's feelings. They're not necessarily, they're not bad at all. Um, but they don't, they don't understand that if three people laugh at someone that it just, it hurts a lot more. They just don't. And a lot of times they'll say, um, you know, if, if someone did that to me, it wouldn't bother me. Mm. And that, that could be true. That's just the way they're wired, but it does create an issue for this type of harm. Um, and then the third type of bully you could have is someone who just gets sucked into a, a social group. There's peer it, pressure. It, yeah. There's, you know, the, the social group dynamics is something which, you know, science constantly studies. It's, a real entity, a group is not the same as an individual. And so sometimes when you have a group dynamic, um, it just takes on its own, you know, uh, it takes a life of its own on and, and that could suck someone in. Okay. So now let's, I, I want, I'm curious how, a, how Regus addresses each one. So let's go in order. The kid that's getting, getting bullied. How do you address that? So maybe I could, I'll describe maybe a, a bigger, a bigger picture and then, I think it will be easier to answer the question that way. So we talked about what the prep steps were. So what are, what are the actual things that we do during the six weeks of implementation? So what we do is um, over, so the six weeks are really four weeks. The first week is, is training. The last week is sort of wrapping up. So during the four weeks, we're doing really two techniques. One is bringing out the genuine value of children, both certain kids that we target and other kids. And the second technique we're doing is called a clean out. A clean out is um, finding out about an act of bullying in real time um, and then addressing it in real time in a way that it's cleaned out, that it's totally fixed and that everyone starts anew um, in a positive way. Okay. And what about the kid who's being bullied? How do you, you know, how does this you know, address, you know, those kids specifically. So, so let's say you have, um, let's, 
uh, let me try to take a, a a case that we had. So we had a case of um, a child who would enter the classroom at a time where it wasn't when everyone else was entering. So they needed to come late for, for whatever reason. And this child did not know how to enter in a way that was a smooth transition. They felt very self-conscious and they would make a big to do when they entered the classroom and they would make all kinds of noises. They would make faces. And at first a few people of the class didn't, you know, react, didn't appreciate that. And they reacted. And then it ended up being that the whole class kind of joined together whenever this person would walk into the room. And so you have this victim who is being, you know, just verbally, you know, showered with, with, with resentment every time they walk in. So what was done is the teacher identified a genuine value of this child and they, it was something that resonated with them and the class. And so they come to the class. First, what they did is they put a sign on the classroom, which messaged everyone. We really care about one another. And this is the, our culture. After they established that culture, they identified this positive trait of the student, which was they, they actually paid attention to a certain part of the class, which was a very beautiful thing. It was not so easy to do. And they said with a lot of meaning, we have someone in our class who's so special, who really pays attention to this part of the class, which is hard for a lot of, you know, for, for a lot of kids this age, and we all appreciate it. And I just want to say it's this kid. And then they went straight into the teaching and it was, it was, it was, it was just awesome um, to, to observe from the teacher's perspective, how it just changed everyone's perspective. Like, wait a second, this is, this is not just someone who is out to bother us, who there's, there's no harm if they don't show up. Like we need this person. They're special. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and this, this technique was echoed both for this student and for other students. It became a culture of recognizing how everyone's special, but, but still pointing out this particular kid where they did this right and that right. And it sounds like uh, positive psychology. Yes. I mean, so, so, but it's, you're taking um, the power of the role model. A teacher is the leader and the teacher is taking their, so their, their social weight. And they're saying, I am willing to put my, you know, to say this person is special. It's not as easy as it, as it sounds. Um, So that's one major part is this, is this, is the leader not just saying in a general way, we need to appreciate everyone and there needs to be no bullying, but by, by putting themselves forward and showing in real, in a real way, I really appreciate this person and value this person. The second thing that you. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so no, why please I, you go first. Well, I was wondering if mental health is an issue and we've done a lot of episodes on mental health here. Um, The feedback we get is, is always encouraging us to do another episode um, on the topic. But if that is one of the things causing um, someone to be a bully, you know, usually you have to go to the source to fix the root problem. Right. So, I mean, how would you address that? Correct. Our program would not, it does not address that. That's correct. So, but what we will do, is if 
the bully is is there's just you could see it's got mental health written all over it. We're going to tell the school, listen, this is this is something that you need to like take some action to make sure that this student is seeing someone that the family is working with it. This needs to be become a case. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is correct for that type of situation. Um, that's not what this is for. However, there's, there's, I said, that's not the majority of cases. There's, there's so much that could be done otherwise, but I guess I could also add this, this still does have some ability to help because even with what people are going through, you know, once people see how special someone is, it, it, it really changes how people interact with them. So focusing on the positive, I guess it's hard in the moment when someone's, you know, an active bully to then focus on their positive traits. It's, right. It's, I guess, reverse psychology. I guess it has a, you know, has the reverse effect uh, by focusing on their positive traits and then what they themselves don't want to bully anymore because they feel better about themselves. Like what, what's the process like? So what we've seen, and this is, so at this point now we've run it in our sleepaway camp for I think, I think we're in our fourth year in, in camp and we've just finished our fifth school. And in every single environment, thank God it should continue. Um, what we have seen is that more than just, it's, it's not just that you're telling a child in a, you know, in a session, you need to be more focused on someone's value in a real classroom setting or during recess or um, you have you have a you know one of the most influential people on the lives of all of these children. They they say with with gusto, this child is so special and amazing. It it just reverberates in a way that that whether you're going through a mental health issue, I, mental health again that's that is different. But but certainly for someone where they have less empathy or in those social groups, and even for some people that are struggling with. I mean, we've definitely seen some issues of mental health. It just it just hits their soul in a, such a powerful way. Wait a second, this is such an important person. Um, but there's, I guess, another part of it is, is the second technique of clean out. So this technique alone is not going to solve bullying. It's a it's a part of it um, because I definitely appreciate this person, but they're still doing something which is hard for me to deal with. Right, right. So what's clean out? Talk about that. So a clean out is speaking to the child who is the bully or do I I don't like to call them a bully doing the act of bullying. Okay. Okay. So, and the first step is to let this child know that you love them and that just because they're in your, you know, they're in your office, you're speaking to them about what they did with this child. It's a normal thing for kids to, you know, to try to, you know, interact with each other sometimes in a wrong way. We all, you know, I don't know about you, but like, you know, I was a kid too. I, I for sure messed up. I for sure was mean to someone one time. Right. Um, so it's, 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 you have to give over that feeling. You can't, if you're walking into the conversation, you know, with the vibe that this kid, there's something, you know, evil about them or wrong. First of all, it's not true. And second of all, you're not going to get anywhere. So that's, has to be the first step. So they know, okay, you know, this is, this is like a math problem this is how, how we're dealing with it. Okay. So then you have to hear from them the facts, you know, how do they perceive what happened? And then when, when that's on the, on the table, so then you 
talk to them through the way they see it. And then you help guide them through, okay, I understand this is how you perceive it, but this is what actually happened. So let's take the case we talked about before. From your perspective, this child came into class, you asked him, you know, you asked them to be quiet. They didn't listen. So they don't care, you know, from your perspective, they don't care about what you have to say. And they just don't care about anyone. So there's someone that's very insensitive and that's that's just a real bother. And you could say that makes sense. I can understand why you, why you're saying that, but then you sort of bring them to a more, you know, objective view, but wait a second, when you're yelling at him in front of everyone, like you said in your intro about this phenomenon of embarrassing someone in public, it just causes a certain damage, which you can't do even if what they're doing is wrong. And then also you have, you help them understand, well, why do you think this person did that? Do you think they, they, they didn't do it because they're ignoring you or they don't care about you. They're doing it because they, you know, you could tell them they came late and they, they just didn't know how to, how to do it. Should they have done it that way? No, but this is why they did it. It's not because they're trying to get you upset. It's because of this and by giving, and then, so, so now this child, you're helping them understand it. And the final step is, okay, how do we fix this? Because, you know, that's the end goal. The goal shouldn't be a guilt trip that like, okay, you know, you, you know, we, you did, you, you, you repented once you feel this feeling of guilt. We don't need, that's not what we want at all. We want to fix it. So you say, okay, so, you know, depending on the situation, you know, sometimes you have to apologize to a child, you know, say, Hey, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that to you in front of everyone. Um, you know, we also say, Hey, you know, just like in front of everyone, you brought down someone's value. You can also bring someone's value up. When you say hello to someone in front of everyone, that just it just brought this child up. So that is a very important last step that we're very proud of to, that we've incorporated part of our techniques is that the ultimate goal of this clean out is that you're teaching a child what they should, the actionable steps they should do to fix their mistake. Wow. Okay. That was a lot. That was excellent. Thank you. Um, so, and how do you, uh, let's go to camp for a second. How do you implement all of this in camp? I mean, first activity, learning groups, uh, arts and crafts, like how, how does this play out there? So that's a, that's a very good question. So um, in camp, so what we do is we have um, meetings on a daily basis where we um, sort of check in with the, it's like part of the regular meeting with camp of communication, you know, what's going on, what activity, what's going right, what's going wrong. And then we'll talk about this dimension of, of, um, you know, these kids that, you know, that need to really be, um, to, it needs to be brought out how genuinely special they are. How can we do that? Now, I guess a step comes before that. My counselors, uh, or the counselors that come to Camp Javirim, these are just magnificent, magnificent guys. These are guys that are coming because they want to be a part of this type of environment. So they're, when they come to these meetings, they're excited to see how they can make this make this difference mm-hmm. so so sorry so to answer to answer your question so what we'll do is first um we we actually know a lot about the kids coming into camp so we'll have um so so what we're going to do is um we are going to make sure that we when we talk to the counselors we are going to make sure that all the kids that need to be genuinely appreciated um that they're doing that on a regular on a regular basis. 
Okay, I, I want to take it now to, let's say, children or parents. We've been talking a little bit about from an organizational standpoint, whether it's a school or a camp. But let's take it um, to a parent's perspective. A parent that sees their child being bullied, um, what do you, what's, your, what's your advice to them? So I would, I would say to them that um, it's, it's certainly very, first of all, I would, I would empathize. It's, it's a terrible feeling to be the parent of a child that's being bullied. You feel so powerless and um, it's something where no child should be bullied. Even, you know, you asked earlier, like, who are the targets of bullying? Um there really should be, you know, what we've seen with, if you have a, there really doesn't have to be any targets. It's something, it's a problem that could really be addressed if, um, if a school or camp really cares about it. So when it's happening, unfortunately, sometimes the victim will be blamed that, oh, it's your fault. It's because they're bringing it on themselves. And I, I certainly don't think that's true from what we've seen. We know that if there's a good system, there's people that care about it. Um, it could certainly be dealt with from a school perspective. So that when it's happening, the first thing is that a parent should know that it's not because there's, there's God forbid, something wrong with their child. Um, most of the time, it's the environment that's not regulated as it should be. So they can know that their child, there's nothing wrong with their child. It's not their fault. Um, and they should let their child know that. And they have to really, because they're going to hear lots of messaging, not just from their peers, the child's peers, even from the school, unfortunately, that they're going to say, well, he brought it or she brought it on herself. And the parent needs to be there for their child to say, no, it's you are, you're fine. There's, this is not happening because God forbid there's something wrong with you. Um, so that's the first step is to let the child know um, that you believe that. Um, the second step is that, you know, parent, it's really, it's really the school that has, to, that's the one that has the, that's best situated to deal with it. You know, when you have, because let's say if a parent gets involved and tries to speak to the other, you know, parent, most likely they're going to get, yeah, exactly. They're going to get into a huge fight. Um, yeah. You need, you need that third party to need a good buffer. Exactly. You need, you need the school. It's really the school's job. So um the the second step is that the parents need to be an advocate to the school. Sometimes they need to be really annoying and they need to be, you know, they'd be like, Hey, you you need to address this. Oh, but it's your son's like, Hey, like, no, it's not, you know, I'm sorry, but like, just keep on moving. Like this just needs to get, this just needs to get taken care of and not being satisfied with the status quo. Um, and then um, I think the third thing is just kind of, just kind of evaluating like is, is, is you cannot say to yourself, well, just because it's hard to figure out a solution, the harm is not real. The harm is very real. If God forbid someone's child is getting bullied, you know, that is, that's a reason to switch someone out of school. You know, now, you know, the question is, is should you educate your child to take the law into their own hands, right? So, you know, I think there are times where you can tell your child to stand up for themselves, but, you know, I I think that it's a false, a false hope because, you know, a lot of times, you know, what happens if the if if there's something really wrong with the bully and if they try to fight back, they're going to double, triple hurt them because the these got the sometimes these people don't have the right boundaries. So they'll they'll cause a lot of damage to, to you. Um, So so and then and then also, like, you don't know if the, if the school's really going to be supportive. So and, and I think that and then sometimes you don't you, this kid should never be blamed. Oh, well, why didn't you stand up for yourself? No, stand up for yourself. Um. That's, 
that you know tech, yes technically you could i don't think that's the right thing to do it's not their it's not it's not their job to do that so i think that that the third thing is that is that to understand it just because it's complicated the harm is real and you have to do something about it um possibly possibly you know switch schools if it's just something that's not being taken care of so there's nothing specific you would say that parents should be doing with their children uh, to you know lower the risk of bullying. It's more just the school. Uh, in my opinion, yeah. I mean, what if a parent sees that a child, you know, there's a behavior there? Let's say they are cutting the beginning of the line. Of course, that doesn't justify bullying, but like you kind of asked for it, so it's it's true. But I mean, you know, just being in a running a camp for for this many years. You know, uh, you know, having my kids of my own, these type of behaviors, you know, it's just all over the place. There's so everyone has their own little quirk, their own little thing. And Mm -hmm. I think that can't get caught up in one, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yes, it's true. If you like quickly zoom in and be like, okay, that you see that's true. They caused it. But but there's if you really take a bigger look, like how many times are kids doing things that are like that all the time? Um you just can't even put your hand on it. So and I, I just I just feel really strongly from observing this and, and working on it that it's it's really the environment that is that is the you know the cause of, of being bullied. Because even yes, there might there might be an outlier where someone is just so in people's faces and and I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of something that would fit what you're saying. Um where would where where they would really like deserve it. They need to do something about it, but to the point if it reaches that point they probably have some mental health you know there's some there's some bigger issue there where that's what they're dealing with they're not dealing with like okay i need to educate you to be more socially aware mm-hmm. and it, this the, 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 once we're talking about the realm of being socially aware making a few mistakes this way it's 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 within the realm of normal and it's the response which is just it should never that should not be the response it's, it's an opportunity for khinakh Okay, and let's talk about the one who is bullying for a moment. Um, do parents do typically do parents know when their children are the ones who are bullying? So I that's it. Um, depends. You know, some, sometimes you know you're going to have a bully come from a family situation where you know that's that's the cause of it. Um, other times it. It could be like we mentioned those three things. So if it's uh, if it's going to be something, you know, mental health, but it could also be something in the in the home, which is causing it. So, you know, obviously, if it's the home that's causing it, the parents are are not aware of it. Um, but but there are times where a parent can where it's we're totally I'd say even the majority, you know, majority of times but just by talking to your child. It's a it's a normal mistake to make where like we talk about this kid that that butted the line or that's too loud or that comes late to recess and wants to join, or that's always asking to come to your house. A parent by listening to, a parent by listening to this and, and, and the child saying, wow, this, this guy is really annoying. Um, at first, I, I find this for myself, um, where, where at first when you hear it, you're like, okay, yeah, that is, that is annoying. Like, wait, wait a second. This is, this is something where, um, where what they're what they're talking about is is their reaction is is a hurtful reaction to this child. Um, so there are many times just by listening to by knowing what bullying is. It's when you use power to 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 get something done. So if many kids are doing something against one kid 
if it's a targeted, you know, if let's say this kid always annoys me. So like, I always, you know, whenever I see him, like I always push his chair in because he's always so frustrating, you know, by knowing, by knowing what bullying is and what the harm it causes, then you can catch it because you could say, Oh, I realize that he's ganging up with three other kids or he's doing something targeted against another kid. Um, and then you can certainly address it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so in, in short, are there things that parents could do to, uh, to convey to their children? What sh- and if so, what what would that messaging look like? So the messaging would be that even when there's something about a child that is frustrating you, you have to still look deeper and see them as someone that is so special, that is so valuable, a brother, a sister, and someone someone that you love and someone that you love even when they're doing something which is hard for you to deal with you don't want to respond in a way that will god forbid harm them you want to be able to to deal with them in a loving way so you know when you have some so so when you have someone that's doing something that's frustrating but you love them you could say to them I love you, but if you could stop doing this, it would be a big help. And you don't tell it to them in a way that embarrasses them. You tell it to them one-on-one. Um, and that way you can get, you can, you can address your concerns in a way that is still treating this person like a valuable person who you love. If I could just, I, um, the, my, the other person I run the camp with, this is something that is very, very important to him where he, he like nowadays he feels everything is just so um, Rabbi Baldinger, um, everything is so fast. We, we, we're, and there's a lot of periphery. So, you know, we're just moving from thing to thing to thing. And unfortunately, sometimes that can also um, affect how we build our relationships. It's just, I talk to you for a second and move away. Oh, you're someone that not so useful to me is useful. And that's how you view it. Instead of just sort of saying, wow, this is a person who is so an amazing human being and we are part of a joint um, experience and we need each other and we love each other and we have to help each other. Wow. Very nice. Uh, I know you, uh, you guys are big on statistics. Uh, Can you share with us some numbers, some studying, some findings that you have in your research on bullying? Sure. Okay. So, um, so uh, in general, so there are, are varying statistics about how prevalent bullying is. Um, it could be anywhere from 5% to 20% of a population every year. Um, but so that's private school and public school. I think there's a hidden statistic in those statistics, which is that there's a hundred percent chance that there's going to be bullying in every situation, which I think is so important because if you know this is something which is going to happen always, it's just like when we spoke about, you know, there's these interactions with children trying to understand one another and react to things that are not what I would expect or want. If you know this is going to happen, then build a system to deal with it. Um, Another statistic which is out there, which is very powerful, is that a, a, a child who is the victim of bullying can be um, I think between two and three times more likely, God forbid, to ideate um, or attempt suicide. It's a scary stat. So, um, 
I have some good stats for you though. So we actually did a yeah. Let's hear all of those. Okay, so so we had we actually had a um fantastic research university do a study of the effects of buildup on camp. So you had uh, um, the name of this university is called Alberti Center for Bullying Abuse Prevention. And so they did surveys pre and post camp. There was a fantastic uh, sample size. And, and what this was measuring is, so what happens in this environment when you have the leaders, the role models, really genuinely appreciating everyone and particularly kids that would might take a you know a, a, another look to really appreciate that that was the priority what they found was that if that is how the environment is wired that children reported a um increased friendship by um on a t test a point of a 0.88 so just to give you a, a frame of reference um so like one is basically like like a fire in your like a real thing that happened. Point eight eight is super is is um you know very significant. Like point one would be very insignificant. So they reported point eight eight um that uh, increase in friendship. In terms of self confidence, um they reported almost a point five. It was I think it was, uh, um what was a point four five something like that. Um so. And and what they found was this was everyone, not just the kids that were the potential targets, um, which is such a message of hope. You know, think about it in a school when you have Rabam, when you have Moras, when you have teachers that they walk into class and they just they just communicate. Every single person in this class is so special and valuable. And I'm going to bring it out whether it's today or tomorrow. I'm going to show you some specific reason why I really feel that way. It it can it's you know it could it could change everything. You know it's actually um, I heard this uh, from a, a friend and uh, an incredible incredible maybe the biggest mechanach from Gedalia Zlatowitz, and uh, he would say maybe I think in the name of his father that we say every single morning uh, Modaani and we end Modaani saying Rabba Munasacha great is your faith and it's it, it, you know or plentiful is your faith, which is like an interesting thing to say to Hashem Baruch Hu after we thank Him for um, waking, you know, allowing us to have another day. So what are we saying? Uh, Hashem, so great is your emuna. What does that mean? Like maybe, hopefully, so great is our emuna and you. But really, Rabbi Emuna Secha could also mean no. So great is Hashem's emuna in believing in us. That Rabbi Emuna Secha, how much Hashem believes in every single person, and that's why they're getting another. Uh, another day of life. And that's how we're supposed to start our day. So, so that sounds similar to what you're saying, that the results are um, because of this attitude of how valuable each and every single person um, is that, that, you know, the positive side could be, could, uh, could come out. Do you have any stories of, you know, how you saw this literally play out in front of you, how some of your techniques, I mean, it's nice when you do a, you know, a large study, a large group and you start polling and things like that. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. We're in the election season. We like these types of statistics and polls, but um, do you have like a more, uh, you know, concrete something that happened right in front of you? um, And you saw like what you guys are doing made such a big impact. I think one of the, one of the most meaningful ones was a situation where, um, there was a kid that came to camp where he he came from a situation where in school he 
didn't get along with a group of people. And um, these were all fantastic. Like they're all, you know, these are all very talented, both the kid that's, that didn't get along with the other kids and those kids very talented um, in, in, in a number of things. And it ended up being that that whole group came to camp, both the kid that was the victim, so to speak, and the kids that kind of ganged up on this child. And um, it was it was interesting because in the school environment, it kind of became a habit. And so much so that it, it just right away in camp, it continued, which it shouldn't because it's like a new start. No one did anything yet this. And so we, you know, I was, I was speaking to the, the group of kids who were reacting in this negative way. And it was, I was, I was talking to them and, and saying how, like, let's just, re- let's, re- let's reflect for a second. Like th- this, this is happening and nothing it can't just started. It, it can't be that it's because there's, there's something that is, you know, look at what's happening. And I also, they were such, they're, they're such amazing kids. And I said, you guys are just so fantastic. So look at what you're happening. You know, you can do better. And they just like kind of thought about it and they, they said, okay, so what should we do? So then I said to them, I don't know. What do you think you should do? So they thought about it some more. And they're like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't do that anymore. So I said, okay, it's not bad. I like that. I'm like, keep on going. And they said, we should, you know, and then it just, it just started to flow. Like, we should be nice to this person. We should include this person, you know, and you could, you could just, I was, it was, I was just like, I felt the power of these kids just like this whole vision of this child just changed completely. And they were just, they were like, we are going to, we're going to fix this. And, and these, these kids are to this day, fantastic friends. Can you tell us as we, you know, wind down, can you tell us a little bit about some of the common questions, halachic issues, hashkafic, um, you know, uh, issues that come up in your organization and some of the advice some of the hadracha that you've gotten from leading rabbis that you consult. Rabbi Rabbi Hopper is really the main posting for this, you know, for, for this program. Um, there hasn't, I guess there hasn't really been, there hasn't really been so many like halachic, you know, questions, questions about, about this. I think it's maybe, maybe really what's come up is, how important is this for schools to do? How important is it for us to take this on as a cause to try to bring this to the Jewish people? Um, and it's something that Rabbi Hopfer has given us such beautiful um, words of encouragement that this is something that, that we need. Can, can you share with some of the messages that he told you guys? Um, so, I mean, I, if I could say he, he he's more someone that that models it. So people people in Baltimore, everyone knows that the Vad Harabonim and the town as a whole, the Jewish community. One of the most beautiful things about the Jewish community is that it's so cohesive, and um, it's been 
it's been said by many rabban and rabbis here that it's in a large part due to Rabbi Hopfer's leadership. And everyone who knows Rabbi Hopfer um, knows how he loves and values every single person, whether it's um, I've seen, I've seen this myself, whether it's um, a homeless person who might not even be Jewish, whether it's one of the richest, one of the wealthiest, most influential people in the world, whether it's one of the greatest rabbis um, in Jewry, doesn't matter. Everyone is talked to and valued um, with the utmost importance. You know, they, they it's 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 um, and and he just he wants to help wants to help everyone. So I think from Rabbi Hopper, the what what we've you know certainly I have I've I've thank God I had the opportunity to be his student for many, many years. Um, and it's something that I've tried to, to follow. Wow. Beautiful. Um, how did you personally get into this? Um, did it fall in, you know, fall into your, uh, into your lap? Like, how did you get involved with this anti-bullying initiative? Oh, that's a great, that's, that's a great question. It goes back long, long ago to how I was brought up by my wonderful parents so my father, um, b- both of my parents raised uh, myself and my siblings to really think about and care about how our fr- how the other people around us felt. Um, and he always stressed that, you know, if let's say there's ever a game at recess where someone's being excluded that you should think about joining that type of group. Do you want to be a part of that group or do you want to be with that child who's being excluded? And there was one time where I that happened and I chose not to be a part of that group. And I, I said to myself, this is like such a shame that this is happening. There, you know, I'm just a kid and, you know, you have this whole group of kids that are excluding someone else there's got to be a better future. Well, I hope, I hope the journey has just begun plenty more to, uh, for you guys to do. Um, thank you for coming and talking about Camp Haverim, your build-up program and uh, the organization radius in general. We wish you uh, much more success and uh, thank you again for joining us on Colot. Hello. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. To listen to all Colot episodes and see upcoming guests, visit colopodcast.com. We are also on all podcast players. Type in Colote on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, and Amazon. Share with your friends and please make sure to give us a five-star review. Colote is a project of the Columbus Community Colel, a full-time Jewish learning center in Bexley, staffed with high-caliber Torah scholars. Ever since 1995, boys, girls, men and women from all backgrounds and affiliations have found many opportunities to connect with Torah and mitzvahs at the Kolel. Whether it's a study partner, an engaging lesson, or a program, the Kolel is your one-stop shop for all your Jewish learning. If you want to know how you can benefit from the Kolel, visit thekolel.org. That is T-H-E-K-O-L-L-E-L dot org and forever be inspired.